Welcome to Lexington's Queer History, a downtown walking tour. The information in this tour is provided by Dr. Jeffrey Allen Jones's dissertation entitled Hidden Histories, Proud Communities, Multiple Narratives in the Queer Geographies of Lexington, Kentucky, 1930 to 1999. To begin the tour, exit the library and proceed to the rear of the building on Water Street. Kelly's. Up through 1968, railroad tracks used to run through downtown Lexington. One short-lived establishment sitting next to the tracks in this block of Water Street was called the Colonial House. However, community members simply called the restaurant and bar Kelly's after the handsome gay owner, Gail Kelly. During the day, it was a restaurant for primarily black patrons, but at night it turned into a dance club for underage gay men. However, Mr. Kelly did not have the license required at the time to run a dance club, so they always had a lookout posted outside to watch for the police and warn patrons to stop dancing. Continue down Water Street under the Martin Luther King Viaduct. Stop in the back parking lot of the bar, located to the right of the Lincoln Mural. The Bar Complex. In 1963, the Gilded Cage opened at 224 East Main Street, the location of what is now known simply as the bar. Two gay men from Chicago, who had previously worked in Hollywood as set or costume designers, opened the establishment together and advertised its, quote, splendiferous food and cocktails for a primarily gay clientele. Red velvet wallpaper, gold cupids, and a mantle originally from Belle Breezing's brothel decorated the Gilded Cage. After a reputed scandal, the two men left town in early 1966 and the Gilded Cage closed, but the location never lost its queer patrons. After a six-to-nine-month stint as a steakhouse, the living room restaurant and bar opened in the space in 1967. It is during this era that the first drag shows were performed in a cinderblock edition on the back of the building. Drag queens like the famous Sweet Evening Breeze, Ma Campbell, Miss Henry, and Trippin' Through the Dew were some of the regular performers. The crowds grew so much that a second floor was opened, and a wrought iron spiral staircase was added to the left of the Main Street entrance. The gilded cage, and consequently the living room, had garnered a core group of regular and semi-regular customers who became a close-knit community, sharing details about their lives and celebrating birthdays together. And they could always spot a new patron. The regulars almost always used the rear Water Street entrance. In 1971, with the rise of disco, a gay New York lawyer named Bill Sheehan bought the living room as well as the adjoining property at 226 East Main to begin a large renovation. The buildings were connected, a million-dollar two-story dance floor was installed, and a new lighting system was installed, purportedly by the same company who designs for Studio 54. In 1978, with the help of Grace Jones, the new Johnny Angel Disco officially opened its doors to much fanfare and a bomb threat. With the demise of Disco, so too died Johnny Angel. On Halloween in 1980, a mock funeral was held for Johnny Angel's Disco, and the bar that we know today was born. Joey Brookshire, Mike McCormick, Ernest Holbrook, and James Eldridge bought the business together, but decided to honor the building's rich history by keeping the names of the various areas. The original bar area was called the Café Montparnasse, as it had been known under Sheehan. 
The drag show area was dubbed the Gilded Cage Showroom, and the dance floor was still called Johnny Angels. That is why the official name of the building is the Bar Complex. Proceed to the corner of Quality and Water. The Wall Although they could not enter the bar, the corner of Water and Quality Streets just down the road was often a gathering place and cruising spot for underage gay men. By the early 80s, the Wall had also gained a reputation for attracting male prostitutes. After some sensationalized reporting by a local news channel, police began to run undercover operations there. During one such event, an officer famously entered into conversation with Jeffrey Wasson, who invited the undercover officer back to his home. The officer subsequently arrested Wasson and charged him with solicitation of sodomy. Judge, former state representative, and then-lawyer Ernesto Scorsoni took Wasson's case all the way to the Kentucky Supreme Court and won historically overturning Kentucky's same-sex-only consensual sodomy law and declaring it unconstitutional. Turn left on Quality and proceed to the corner of Quality and Main Streets. Café LMNOP Though it was only in operation for two years, Café LMNOP at 337 East Main generated many memories and stories thanks to the charismatic co-owner, Bradley Picklesheimer. Miss Bradley, as he was known in drag, was the creative genius behind the club's aesthetic. The eclectic clientele it attracted matched its zany decor of cupid dolls, plastic palm trees, and artwork. LMNOP was famous for its large drag production numbers and was home to the Bluegrass Gender Blur Review, which even toured for a while in Boston. Bradley's friend, famous drag queen Divine, even performed at the cafe. Divine is best known for her role as Edna Turnblad, the mother in John Waters' Hairspray. Cross Main Street and proceed left to Esplanade, a few hundred feet up to the right. The Esplanade. In 1948, a bus station was built and operated in the building that is now the cafeteria of Central Christian Church. The depot serviced 270 buses, both national and local, with around 300,000 passengers. During World War II, the Esplanade housed a stopover or rest station for troops being sent to war. Sweet Evening Breeze was known to often come down to the depot to wish the troops well and give them fruitcakes. In the 50s and 60s, this area was simply known as the Block. The bus depot was a popular place to meet gay men coming from rural areas for a night of fun in Lexington. The drugstore and lunch counter that operated there from the 50s up through the 70s was a popular spot for underage gay men to gather, much to the chagrin of the gruff owner, Vernon Schaefer. The terminal shop, or Schaefer's as it was commonly known, closed in 73 and would later become Jezebel's in 1978 and Breezing's in 1984. Both locations were bar and restaurant combos who catered to the queer community, or at least part of it. Owner Mike McCormick began to limit women's entry by instituting a dress code requiring traditional female attire, such as dresses and skirts. 
McCormick was known to have a dislike for women, but he also argued that lesbians drank more cheap beer than pricey mixed drinks and did not tip well. A group of women angered by the dress code once walked through the bar breaking glasses and other items in protest. Lesbians also began to boycott the bar. In 1987, after many financial struggles, the bar closed. Proceed to the other end of Esplanade and turn left onto Short Street. Follow the street several blocks to the Courthouse Plaza at the corner of Short and Limestone. The Courthouse Plaza For many years, the Lexington Pride Festival was held out in the country on Windy Knoll Farm, co-owned by lesbian community advocates Joan Callahan and Jennifer Crossan. Jokingly dubbed the Pride Hide, the gay and lesbian service organization that planned the festival finally decided to move the celebration downtown to prominence in 2008. Each June, the festival now attracts dozens of vendors and entertainers and tens of thousands of attendees to celebrate Pride Month. Cross over limestone to stand on the corner of Short and Lime. The Zebra Lounge and Crossings In 1948, the Zebra Lounge was located at 121 North Limestone. It was originally the first upscale cocktail lounge in Lexington. By the 50s, it was the most well-known, gay-friendly public space of its time, but only for clients who were not too obviously gay. In 1995, the declining lounge was torn down to make space for the parking lot of Crossings, another long-standing gay bar. When Crossings opened in 1989, it was a gay male leather bar known for being unfriendly to female patrons. In its early years, every night was men's night. Men get him free, and women had to pay a $5 cover. Though this policy was dropped in the early 90s, the stigma has remained for many years. Cross Short Street and proceed north on Limestone to the corner of Bar and Lime. A la Lucy's. Though not exclusive to gay clientele, the restaurant A la Lucy's was always supportive of gay-friendly events, including the celebration in 1992 of the first publication of the Pink Pages. The Pink Pages was a phone book of sorts for the queer community and started out as a fundraiser to help open an LGBTQ community center. It listed gay-owned and gay-friendly businesses in the bluegrass. Before the widespread availability of the Internet, it was a very useful tool for the queer community especially for those looking for a safe place outside of the bar scene. Lexington's Pride Center, now known as the Pride Community Service Organization, finally opened its doors on Waller Avenue in 1997. Proceed up Limestone toward 3rd Street. Stop in front of 263, the next to the last building on the left. AVOL. In response to the national AIDS epidemic, the organization AIDS Volunteers of Lexington, or AVOL, was started by a health department employee and a member of the community who saw a need in the bluegrass. 
1988, AVOL found a home at 263 North Limestone until it moved to a new space in 2010. Today, AVOL continues its important work of HIV testing, safe sex education, and support for individuals living with HIV and AIDS. Turn left on 3rd Street and proceed several blocks toward Gratz Park. Turn left on Mill Street and proceed several blocks to the corner of Short and Mill. Drake Taproom The Drake Hotel opened its doors at 321 West Short Street in 1926 in the former Reed Hotel. From the 30s up through the 50s, its seedy lounge called the Tap Room was known as a gay-friendly hangout. Unfortunately, it was also a popular spot for bookies and prostitutes. Cross Short Street and proceed down Mill to stand across from 121 North Mill Street. Bungalow. Partners Joe Woosley and John Ferguson opened up the bungalow in 1975 at 121 North Mill Street, the site of the current day Rosebud Bar and Lounge, with only a $45 budget for food and the joy of cooking cookbook as a guide. Patrons have very fond memories of the locale due to its small, intimate setting. During lunch service, the clientele was mostly straight lawyers and judges due to its proximity to the courthouse, but dinner brought in the queer community. After a pair of fugitive feminist bank robbers came to lay low in Lexington, the FBI staked out the bungalow for 11 years. Assuming the pair would eventually show up at a queer-run establishment, agents took tons of pictures of patrons going into the restaurant. The agents were baffled by what they thought was a large gay legal cabal in Lexington, only learning later that the lunch crowd was primarily straight. Proceed to Main Street and turn left. Proceed several blocks to the corner of Upper and Main Streets. Mia's. When Joe and John split up, Ferguson went on to open Florida Lee. The restaurant was originally located next to the Kentucky Theater at 216 East Main, but a disgruntled individual who set fire to the location forced to move to 120 South Upper Street. The Upper Street location had two sections, a bar area and a restaurant seating area. When the bungalow closed in 1989, Ferguson renamed the bar portion of his location Joe's after his ex and attracted most of the bungalow's old clientele. After a few changes in ownership, the location reopened to the queer community as Mia's, run by Mia Mobellini and Mary Beth Tolson. Mia's kept the kitschy decor of Florida Lee and Joe's and opened up a tiny stage to performers, mainly from the gay community. It was also the site of various fundraisers for the community. Mia's closed briefly when the entire block was raised for the Centerpoint project, but closed for good in 2010. Both Mobilini and Tolson went on to open Old Hooker's Bar and Grill and the Madam Eatery and Juke Joint, respectively. This concludes our tour. 
Thank you for joining Lexington Public Library on this walk through Lexington's past and present. If you enjoyed the tour, check out our other tours on our website at www.lexpublib.org slash walkingtours.